On today's episode, Jason and I sit down to discuss the things you need to know if you're going to start betting on baseball, from the best practices to what a day in the life of a professional baseball better looks like. It's a great show. Let's get to it. It's time to go deep left. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4-0 ball game. Hello, everyone, and welcome on into another episode of Deep Left, the unabated baseball podcast. I'm Thomas Viola, and joining me, as always, none other than Spreadopedia himself, Jason Weingarten, professional sports better and baseball sharp to the sharpest extent. Jason, how are you doing today? Pretty good. You know, uh, teetering back and forth with uh, baseball in the early season. Had some uh, had some money on the Red Sox this morning. That was a little unfortunate. They had the lead and just couldn't uh, couldn't hold on. And the Rays just just look unstoppable. Yeah, uh, here we are. We're sitting at what is it? Thirteen games now, or is, was this fourteen today? I think it was thirteen today. They're basically at the point where um, they could basically go five hundred the rest of the season and make the playoffs with thirteen wins to. Uh, start here it's pretty impressive you know every day i'm thinking maybe today is going to be the day they finally lose a game and you know it's baseball so huge huge win streaks like this are unusual everybody has a bad day every once in a while but but the rays have yet to have one and even more impressive they've done it while uh, losing two two of their starting pitchers so far so you know that's it's crazy and they've covered the run line in each except for one game, which was here in this Red Sox series where they won one nothing. But other than that, it's been all run line covers as well. I took them yesterday because, I mean, the streak's going. Might as well have some fun with it and ride along. I didn't today. Uh, will you be faded? Will you be looking to fade them soon? I know that we've already talked about this team quite a bit on the last episode. Yeah, no, I'll still be. Uh, I'll still be looking to fade them. Um... Kind of interested in a couple of their pitchers, some of the different pitchers for uh, for some long shot Cy Young stuff. Uh, Drew Rasmussen, a guy I'm going to take a little bit of a closer look at this week. But uh, yeah, they they just need to keep enough of those pitchers healthy the rest of the season, and that's a nice cushion. I'm not not saying with a 13 with 13 wins start the year they're guaranteed to win the division, but if uh, if we take a look at those yes no playoff prices in the next couple of days, I have a feeling that. Uh, Tampa is going to be heavily favored going forward until further notice as a potential playoff team. Now, what do you think about the strength of schedule that the Rays have had so far? Because they haven't exactly played a murderer's row here. And I know, again, we talked about it a little bit, but are you getting ready to fade them when they play some better teams? Or do you think this team is for real? Well, I mean, the hope is that the more they win, the more it inflates the value um on you know on the other teams against them but so far yeah you're right beating up on the nationals and beating up on on oakland and even the red sox red sox aren't that great of a team like Corey kluber kind of shell of his former self so um they've yet to be tested yet to be seriously tested and you know at the, sa- at the same time you still just kind of say it's 13 wins and 13 wins in a row is is pretty impressive at, at the major league level so <clears throat> I don't know. I try, I try not to worry too much about the first two, three weeks of, of major league baseball season. Cause truth is a lot of the stuff that's happening now, we're going to totally forget by, by the end of the year, but yeah, I mean, the Rays. I'm not going to say they're for real, but I am going to say 
they've likely uh, pitched their way into the playoffs early. Now, how about switching gears here to the other bet that we love talking about? Uh, yes, run first innings. Again, the, the, the same refrain here. We talked about it a little bit on, on the last episode about the totals that we're seeing and how now books are starting to adjust to this offensive explosion we've had to start the year. Today, not a single plus money yes run first inning at Circa. Are, are we veering to the point where some of the no's actually have some value here or are we simply today was just uh, today was just one of those days and it's going to come back to normal because a lot of the totals for these games were above eight runs this week or today. Yeah. I mean, you had some pretty high totals today, so it wasn't, wasn't particularly surprising to see, um, you know, juiced first inning. Yes. Lions uh, <clears throat> just going to be a thing that happens when you have, uh, you know, higher totals. The question is going to be, do we start seeing sevens and seven and a half become eights and eights end up being nine? Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, I, I still kind of believe that that one of the serious issues that's kind of prevalent across all baseball is that there's just not enough arms to go around. And every time another pitcher gets injured, that's just a reminder that, you know, there's, there's just a finite amount of major league pitching available. <clears throat> and uh, you know, everybody from the Dodgers and the Rays who, who have injuries on their pitching staffs to the, the bottom of the league, to the, the nationals and the A's, everybody is affected by pitching injuries and you know there's only so much you could do to uh to mitigate it now today's episode we're going to be talking a little bit different here rather than talking about what we're seeing specifically in on the diamond right now we're going to be talking a little bit more about the things that you want to look out for and the things that you want to be aware of as a beginning baseball better as someone who's trying to break into the sport here maybe you just got done with college basketball season. Uh, now you're looking for the next thing. NBA and NHL playoffs are coming up on us real quick, but when they're over, you're going to be looking down the barrel of a long summer. And if you want to get into baseball, this is the episode for you talking about all the things that you want to look out for and how to prepare. And let's get that started by talking about the number one thing. How much do you weigh, uh, pitchers, batters, how much are you weighing lineups when you're looking at things versus betting prices here? Uh, valuing lineups is, you know, lineups are important, but lineups are also sort of reflected in the price. Um, rarely you'll see, you'll see a major line move because a, a big player like Mike Trout or Ronald Acuna or someone is sitting out and it wasn't, you know, wasn't expected, but in general, you know, the, the line, the, the lineups are already projected once, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's all projected in the, the line itself already. Um, I think with baseball and baseball betting, a lot of people will uh, kind of hope that there's like a primer, a written primer, a, you know, a, a podcast or a, something they could listen to that'll teach them overnight how to bet on baseball. And unfortunately it's, it's not like that. Um, I don't think any sport is like that where you could just learn overnight to, to be successful at it for baseball in particular. I think uh, th there's obviously th there's a couple different ways to start. And like one of them, for example, um, you go out buy a book like uh, see this called uh, analyzing baseball data with R you could uh, learn to code, learn programming, spend a lot of time scraping data and, you know, learning sabermetrics and applying them and creating your own statistics. And, 
you know, look, if you're, if you're good at that and if you could read uh, analyzing baseball data with R and understand it, then you're halfway to already being able to be hired by an MLB team, which, which is the nice thing. Um, but the thing is every, everybody can, can read analyzing baseball data with R you, you might not actually be able to apply it and you might not be interested in coding and everything, but you know, every year more people read these books and go out and build their rudimentary models and scrape data. And a lot of them are pretty successful because, you know, just, just getting started in that is a challenge itself. And a lot of people kind of look at, at the amount of work that goes into betting or baseball betting and they, they lose interest when, when you realize that it's, it's like a real job and you have to get up early and <clears throat> it's not, not fun. You know, it's not, it, it can be fun, but it's, it's, it's not necessarily fun betting on baseball. You have to really like more than just baseball. You have to like numbers and odds and understand risk and, you know, liking baseball is a secondary requirement to betting on baseball. I mean, you, you're not even absolutely, you're not at, at all required to even watch baseball. Some of the best baseball betters I know don't, don't pay attention, don't care about the games. Um, so it's really helpful to, to have a background in numbers and statistics and sort of be, be interested in that kind of stuff. And then you apply it to baseball as opposed to being a baseball person who, you know, is getting into numbers. You want to be a numbers person that is, uh, getting into baseball. But I think, um, more importantly than getting into modeling and understanding programming languages and all, all that stuff, learning how to scrape data, building bots all, all that stuff is incredibly important to to all levels of sports gambling but there are pretty simple ways to to get started in sports um unfortunately like i said it's not an overnight thing it's <clears throat> the work you're going to put in now you know you might not see any fruit from your labor for a year or two years or three years and you know most people just just don't want to wait that long um but, but if you do, if you are willing to put in the time, you are willing to learn something new, it can be inc incredibly lucrative. And it's, it's not just for baseball that a lot of these, uh, a lot of this stuff applies. I, I did it for college football years ago when I, uh, I bet college football, um, you know, more, more competitively than I do now. I still, I still bet a lot of stuff, but uh, much, you know, volume or money as I, I do like baseball or, you know, to a lesser extent golf. Um, but like for college football, for example, if you really want to get good at college football, like you're not, you're not going to come in and know everything about everything going on in college football, by by, you know, August, you, you could try, but what would really be helpful is learning all the recruiting classes, you know, don't start with this year's team, start with every team's recruiting classes and sooner or later, you'll know everything that's going on with that program. And eventually you'll know, you know, you'll, you'll follow two or three years of recruiting classes and you'll know every player on the team, you know, you'll know the starters and you'll know the backups. And that's incredibly important because you'll, you'll know which backup quarterback is actually better than the starter. You know, you'll know which guy was recruited, you know, specifically by the head coach, which guys are the coaches guys and you know, where the program is on, on their coming up cycle or, going down you'll know all this stuff and it'll it'll take you two or three years of reading message boards and, and twitters and paying attention to stuff but but you'll eventually know enough to to be confident in your uh you know your your ability to bet on on that league and it works for college football it works for 
you know, baseball works for everything. If, if you're interested in baseball, learn this year's rookie class. Don't just stop at the rookie class. Learn the learn next year's rookie class. Cause eventually, you know, Michael Harris is going to come up and he's going to be 85 to one for rookie of the year. And you're going to know that, you know, the Braves organization thinks Michael Harris is their best, you know, outfielder, best prospect since Ronald Acuna. And you're going to say, well, that's crazy that he's 85 to one. And next thing you know, you, you win an 85 to one future. So the, unfortunately the way to get good at a lot of these sports is to start studying the things that haven't happened for, you know, who aren't going to happen for several seasons. <coughs> Excuse me for me, for golf, you know, when I wanted to get into golf, I, I started learning, you know, who were all the rookies on tour? Who were the guys who just got their cards? Um, who, who's this year's class of corn fairy guys who are going to get their cards? Um, Cause I could never catch up to everybody who knows everything about, you know, the, the, the top half of the PGA tour golfers, but I could start learning everything about all the new guys. And eventually the new guys replace the old guys. And you eventually know everything that, that you need to know about all these different players. Um, you know, but, but again, it's a lot of work. It's going to take you a lot of time. And, you know, most people hear that and not interested, but a couple people will hear it and we'll apply some of this stuff. And, and it is that it, you, you're not going to be able to beat the market. You're not going to be able to come in and beat the market, not knowing all this stuff that everybody else already knows, but you put in that work, you start laying that groundwork and it's going to pay off in a couple of years when all of a sudden now you are at that knowledge level because all the guys that you've been studying are now the guys that are the mainstays in the league. And I think this is something that Spanky's pointed out on his podcast, but also the reality is, is that a majority of the people, like you said, you can't just go out there and beat the line. Like you can't go out there and just beat the market. There are people that do that, but most of those people who have the ability to do stuff like that have far bigger and far more interesting things on their plate than beating, you know, baseball markets or even football markets most of these people if you have the aptitude to do that you have the aptitude to contribute to society much better than beating nfl lines um but so it is it is possible but but most of those people have other stuff going on mm -hmm. but let's let's get into your baseball process a little bit you talked about uh learning to use r learning to use data scraping and coding do do you are, are you generating your own models here when you're uh starting to look at some of these lines now um, I'm, I'm very rudimentary in a lot of my stuff. Uh, mostly Excel is, is where I stopped, um, learning. I do, like I, I showed you, I do have the analyzing baseball data with R and I, I, I understand a lot of the, the concepts and what's going on, but, uh, my, my data scraping and, um, modeling sort of, uh, I guess I'm trying to think the right word. My. I, I'm I'm limited to to Excel. How about when you're looking at stuff to bet when you start actually getting into baseball betting? Are you looking at sides in totals? Should people focus on attacking props first? Where 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 are the areas that people should go when they're starting? <clears throat> well, so I think in the old old days, say five years ago, ten years ago, um, if you really wanted to get more serious about baseball betting. You could open up a five dimes account. They had the reduced juice up to five hundred bucks, so you, know, you you had the you had the the reduced juice option. Um, get your feet wet there, see if you could make some money, beat those lines. Um, but if you're you know you're, you're talking about how to approach 
baseball betting. Um, like I said, in the old days, you would start with like strikeout props at Bovada or five dimes or wherever. And I don't even remember what the limits were. I want to say like 250 bucks or, you know, they couldn't have been 500, I don't think. But, um, you know, you play around with those for a little while and you could beat the the easiest prop lines. Then then you kind of grow a little bit of a, a bankroll and, you know, you look at some other prop lines, the hits, runs, errors, the first innings. Uh, there's a lot, lot to be done there. But I think now, you know, the the betting game has just changed so much um, in the last, I, I'd say five years or so, but it's probably been slightly more than five years at this point with the legal books. Um, Rufus calls it surface area, which I think is a good way to describe it. Mm-hmm. But the books have expanded the surface area of baseball betting so much that that there's there's props like i see people posting rbi props and stolen bases and you know yet not not yes no score um alternate strikeout over unders it just goes on and on and on and i love baseball i love baseball betting um there's just there has to be some sort of limit because because when you have you know, Caesars and MGM and DraftKings and FanDuel and a couple other books all putting out prop numbers, you know, you just physically don't have the capacity to look through all this stuff every day and find all the bets. I mean, there's, there's so many bets out there. You just can't fit. You can't bet them all. Just you don't have the time. Don't have the right. I've tried it. Like I'm going to go through, you know, first innings. I go through all the books for now. I'm going to go through hit run, you know, just, and by the time you're done, you're, oh, well, this line moved and that moved, and, you know, it, it takes forever and ever. So um, you have so many opportunities now, but it's, you got to focus on, on some things because you're, you're just going to spend too much time going through baseball stuff. And, you know, there's, there's so many different things you could focus on now with the legal options. Yeah, I, I will tell you, it, it is already a pain in the keister going through just the first inning props and looking at, okay, here's, every book's listing for first uh, for a run in the first inning this week or today versus being spoiled now with the unabated screen where I can just go in and see instantly comparing the side, the money line, the run line, the total. I can compare all that right now. We'll have player props up hopefully next week. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. That'll be great for play, uh, people to get involved with as well. But line shopping across all these different books is so frustrating. Now, what about the start of your day? You talked about it's getting up early. It's getting ready. When, when are you waking? To walk me through a day. What is a day in the life of betting baseball look like for you? Well, it's slightly different day to day. Um, that's the nice thing about it is you do get to kind of pick your own off days. And like today, for example, it was early. Uh, the ga- a couple games started early and a lot of times, you know, I'll just like a 10 a.m. game, a getaway day game. I'm just I'm just going to skip an early morning game and, you know, deal with the card overall. But you get up, you know, you, you kind of read the news, see what's going on. Um, bet a little bit if, if there's something you didn't get overnight, if you're looking to get more or something. Um, usually the mornings, I'm not betting a ton. I'm usually just kind of watching the market and seeing if something starts going crazy or if 
you know, you see something move too far out of out, you know, see something that, you know, you, you see it move against you or something, it goes out of range, and then you're like, well, I'll bet it now. You know, I'll bet against the sharp move, or I'll bet against some some early movement if it's something I don't agree with. Um, but then there's a lot of sitting around, uh, waiting for stuff to go up, waiting for other markets to open, waiting for prop markets to open. Uh, tend to wait for those. You know, I don't hit those immediately when they open. Um, I guess I will at some books. Actually, that's not completely true, but uh, a lot of times I'm, I, you know, I'm I'm waiting for for the market like on the yes scores. I want them to, you know, I want people to bet into the no scores. So I'm gonna wait to bet those later in the day. Um, I wait for the AAA baseball to open, bet that a little bit. Those games, there's actually tend to be a lot of day games there. So a lot of times you get your baseball action started with with some some AAA day baseball, which could be nice could could kind of be annoying if you're losing and you know no one no one likes to lose and losing on small market stuff kind of can be more frustrating because you start getting used to winning and thinking that all your stuff should win all the time and um so triple a baseball has its moments but can be frustrating then uh, all the prop markets go up so i start kind of looking through through props and midday you know you have a lot more stuff going on um, and it's sort of just at that point between, I'd say like between now, normally we're not recording right now. Normally we've already, you know, we've done it earlier. Um, by now I'm, I'm kind of just sitting around going through different line sets, seeing if anything's changed, looking at the, the odd screen. Um, usually this is, this is like the, the busiest time of day today. There's not much baseball going on. So. Yeah, only really a couple nothing games. to worry about. But in, in general, now is when I'm, you know, watching stuff move and seeing seeing if anything pops. Okay, so that's what the day to day is like. But what about uh, measuring out futures? Because I know that that is a big part of your game. And what we're trying to bring to people here mm-hmm. on the show is being able to look out and see some of these guys who are going to be coming down the pipe who you might actually be able to find some value on before everybody else figures it out. Yeah, I mean, so one of the nice things with the, the legalized markets is uh, we've seen such a boom in futures the last couple of years. It used to be much more of a challenge to get large amounts down, especially on player futures. But now with all the different legal books and all of them, you know, a lot of them copy their their lines, but everyone has to put out their own lines and adjust for action. So um, you just get so many different line sets on futures that now it's it's become a market that you, you almost have to at least be aware of. Like you don't, like I, I know a lot of people don't love betting futures and I, I don't blame you if you didn't, you didn't grow up doing it. It might not be something that's a big part of your portfolio. Um, but I think with futures, it's another good way to get into baseball betting or get into any sort of betting in general, because a, you can build large positions, you could build a portfolio, with multiple bets you know you don't have to just bet the dodgers to win the world series you can bet the dodgers and the mariners and the cut you know you can you can do interesting things with futures um provided you have the bankroll and the the risk appetite but uh i think futures is is a great way to learn more about the players you know mvp of your market teaches you you should, if you're not, you know, familiar with all the rookies, 
go through the AL and NL rookie of the year list and familiarize yourself with every player on that list. Cause those are the new guys, essentially. Those are the guys basically getting their tour cards this year, the baseball equivalent of getting your tour card. And every year, you know, the new guys replace the old guys and, you know, you'll know eventually like Ellie De La Cruz is a prospect. I like a lot this year. You you'll be way ahead on next wave of baseball prospects. And that's one of the secrets to baseball. There are a few secrets. One of them is that they're never going to run out of prospects. There's always, there's always a next year. There's always another recruiting class, another rookie class. You know, there might not be a Mike Trout, but there's going to be another, you know, there's a Julio Rodriguez and, you know, I found him before he got big and made a lot of money on that rookie of the year. Now the the quest is always to find the next one and the the one after that. And they're, they're not, they're, they're never going to stop making them. So you always have a chance to get in on the game. It's just about putting the work in for the future. Cause you're going to learn, you know, you gotta, gotta find the next Julio Rodriguez two years before it happens. And you invest the time, eventually you'll win you know, tens or twenties of time your money on a, a big rookie of the year bet, but you know, you got to put in the work. It just doesn't, doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. You don't just hit, hit a lottery ticket and expect to be able to do that every time. And you do, you do sometimes, but you don't do it. You're not going to do it again. You know, yeah. you want to be sustainable and you want to, you want to have a, you know, a reputation for winning futures at, at big odds, then it takes a lot of work. Now, what, what would you say is your number one piece of advice? Is it a pitfall that people should avoid or is it something that they should focus on? What's, what's the number one piece of information that people should know getting into betting baseball? I mean, the best advice is the same advice that, that older gamblers always give younger gamblers. And that's basically if you can do anything else more productive, then you should be doing it. Um, and the reality is, is gambling is hard. It's, it's very, very hard. It's a lot of fun. Like it can be fun. Um, I get to meet interesting people. I get to go interesting places. I get to work whenever I want and not work when I feel like it. So, um, you know, you always have challenges in this business, whether it's, you know, if you enjoy sort of the, the problem solving aspect of gambling, you, uh, you're always going to be mentally stimulated. It's like solving lots of puzzles, but sometimes it can be really frustrating. So, I mean, truthfully, the best advice I've gotten this and then gambling is, is don't do it, go do something else <laughs> if, if you can. But I, I ignored that advice when it was given to me. And I expect most people will ignore that advice when it's given to them, because that's the nature of, of advice is, you know, you usually ignore the, the best. So um, don't, don't let me stop you. Uh, it didn't stop me when, when everyone told me not to do it. But other than that, I mean, like, what's the best advice? I don't know. It's most advice is bad. The best advice is if you're going to be good at gambling, you probably have to learn to stop listening to other people. Cause you know, very, very few people have anything helpful to say when it comes to betting your own money. Um, that's the thing. A lot of the stuff I'm going to say, you'll you'll probably kind of like like partially internalize but the reality is like you you just got to go out there and lose your own money to understand what it's like to lose money you know like me telling you about baseball and betting baseball and winning money and losing money 
only goes so far. You you truly have to live the experience of winning and losing your own money to understand and to realize whether or not this is something you want to do. Like that's the thing is you you probably truthfully can't decide whether or not you want to seriously bet sports, any sport, not just baseball, till you've both won and lost you know, whatever is considered a lot of money to you. Um, and then you'll decide if this is something you seriously want to consider, but you know, until you do it, it's not something that can be described to you in, in proper detail. I definitely feel that uh, as Alanis Morissette says, though, it's good advice that you just didn't take. I think it's, it's my, more, more like Mike Tyson. Everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Yep. That's a, that's a great point as well, my friend. All right, Jason, thank you so much for being here today. As always, I hope that our listeners have been able to pull some great information out of this show because I know I have, I'm excited to see what tomorrow brings in the baseball world. And hopefully we're going to be making plenty of money this season for everybody. But the big thing, of course, like you said, bet smart. Don't bet over your head. If you're just getting into this, make sure that you're starting out small. Make sure that you're dipping the toe in and not cannonballing into the deep end here. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here today, Jason. Once again, people can follow you on Twitter at Spreadopedia. They can follow us on Twitter at Unabated Sports. Follow us on Instagram as well there. And as always, head to unabated.com today. Take advantage of all of the fantastic tools that we have for you to be able to make better bets, to be able to find edges against the book, find edges in the market, and to be able to just even price shop and have that much more information at your fingertips so that you can make more intelligent bets. We'll be back here with two shows again next week. But for now, I don't know if they're going to let me put this headset on again. But if they do, we'll see you next episode, folks. 